four, three, two. <laughs> I delivered the message. Now what? Hey guys, it's Michael. And Anthony. Oh, and TJ. Yeah, him. And this is called Sunny with a Chance of Shade. Yeah. Welcome back. Episode three. Three. I feel like we're actually talking to somebody now. Like, we got the stats up and we had some plays. So, thank you to everybody who listened last time. We got some, some good topics coming in this <laughs> week. Um, some, ones, some ones that are news related and some ones that are more just life related. Michael's texting. All right. I'm All done. focus on the pod. Okay. You want to let them know what we're getting into first? Are we not going to catch everyone up with our lives? Oh, yeah. Let's catch them up with our lives. What's new with you, Anthony Michael? Um, What's new with me? Oh, tomorrow I'm doing a music video. So oh, I'm yeah. stoked. Oh, cool. I'm just going to plug that here. I'm doing it with Issa and then also Jason oh. Allen. Don't know him, Do you know him? But love Issa. Yeah, I love Issa, too. Okay. Um, let's see. What's new with me? Thanks for asking. How was your week, Mikey? <laughs> <sighs> what a week. Um, oh, okay. Let's see. I started my job at Starbucks, which has been fun. Really? Uh, made some new friends, made some new drinks. That's good. Where What's can the fans find drink? you? What? Oh, ooh. Uh, I've, I have Go not ahead. made a single drink. That's how I made new drinks. Oh, yeah, you're a, a Starback. Yeah. A Starback. Is that what they're called? I'm a barista. No, I just came up with that. Anyway. That was so lame. But this week, <laughs> this week, I felt myself be really angry. Like, I feel like I've been mad at the world, especially yesterday. I think Anthony really? said I was bullied. Oh, yeah. I was bullied by you, Michael. I don't know why. I've just been really, like, mean and mad this whole week. Uh-huh. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm happy today. So. It's okay. I extended grace to him, so we're over it. Good job. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you, therapist TJ. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. How was your week, TJ? My week was absolutely horrible, but I'm still here. I'm breathing. I have everything I need, so I'm grateful. Mm. That's good. I feel like I'm going to sneeze. If you don't do it. <laughs> think, say orange, orange, orange. Okay. Uh, Anthony, you are in charge today. Oh, I'm in charge? Okay, well, um, earlier in this week, I'm sure a lot of you heard the news about Mac Miller, his, his tragic death. Um, apparently from overdose. And apparently? Yeah. You made it seem as if that wasn't what happened. What? You made it seem as if that's not what happened. I mean, when it happens, they don't confirm it. I mean, by now it's probably confirmed, and I probably should have double-checked. Um, but, you know, the information that I that is going around is that it was from an overdose. And it's just another another tragic death in the hip-hop community. And it's really, really crazy because it seems like every single time, and I don't know if this is speaking to the larger audience or if it's just how it so happens to be with me, but it's like every single time one of these uh, rappers in our generation passes away, it's somebody who I was like a closer, who I felt closer to every single time. Like the first recent death I remember was Fredo Santana, who's part of Chief Keef's squad. And he is like, he's really awesome. And, you know, I used to hear him on features with Chief Keef songs and stuff, but I was never the hugest fan. And then the same thing with, with Lil Peep. And I, you know, I wish that all these people and their families are, are doing well and that they rest in peace. And I, I hate to just list them off, but it, it's the whole issue that we're going to talk about here is how it's becoming that way. And additionally, um, okay, we, we've confirmed that it, the cause of death was a drug overdose. So it was, it was Fredo. 
it was Lil Peep, and then XXXTentacion, uh, thankfully, was not a drug overdose, but, you know, he was... What? Thankfully? I mean... Somebody still killed him. I, Why are you thankful? I don't know. You're right. That sounded weird. It was just a weird wording. You're right. I guess because I'm on the topic of it. I don't know. I'm just going off the top of my People head. People were thankful that he died, though. That's fucked up. I don't. I, I feel terrible about it. I love XXXTentacion. <laughs> I love him, but okay. What about his do? shady past? Let's just let's just restart. Yeah. What about his <laughs> what about past? his shady past? Let's talk about it. Oh, well, XXX is shady past. I mean, so you don't think people should be judged on their uh, their shady past? I don't think anyone should be thankful that anyone dies. That's what oh, I. Oh, okay, I agree. Okay, I agree. Yeah, you should never wish that upon anybody's family and yeah on anybody. But I I still think people have a right to like. I guess not be as upset. Is, yeah. No, I worded that. You don't, have yeah. to, you don't have to be upset that someone died. No, you don't. You don't. You're not. No one's obligated to yeah. be upset that someone died. I when I saw it, I was just like, whoa, because especially because it was on Twitter, there were videos of him slumped over in his car, and, that, and that's kind of the fucked up thing is that it's videos of him in his car, like these these bystanders just watching him recording it before they do anything else. Hopefully they called 911 before. You know, I mean, if I was there, I would have done anything I could to hopefully fix a situation. However, I, you know, I could see You're why. A I'm a lifeguard. Medical professional. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. I know, I know first Dr. aid. Dr. Anthony Cinco. Audio engineer. Major. <laughs> Let's go. I know, I know first aid and CPR and stuff. So, I mean, I would, I would have at least checked it out, but these people just seem to be like, Oh, Whoa, what dude? And like, you know, a crowd of people. I mean, I think that's kind of crazy, you know, make either, either if you're a professional or you have the knowledge of first aid, go and help him or step back, you know, respect the man. Don't just get some social media likes off of it and call 911 and get out of the way so they can assist him the easiest way possible. That's how I felt about it. And that, that goes for any person, you know, I know we're talking about a guy that, you know, a lot of people didn't agree with his lifestyle and he obviously had done a lot of things that were not good in his life, though. I still extend that respect to any, any person, no matter who they are. And I do agree with the part where you're saying, um, like medically speaking, like every second, counts and every second matters so um if something like that goes down seek a med seek medical attention call 911 if you know what to do if you are knowledgeable on cpr and first aid then act on it but don't be that person that just stands by and pulls out their phone and takes videos of it like that's just that's disgusting. So. Yeah, that that's all I'm saying. Is like that is like the craziest part to me. I mean, yeah, I think my wording was weird before and I was like thankfully it wasn't an overdose because yeah, he got shot. I mean, that's just as bad. I guess just for the topic we're speaking on is this is this epidemic of drugs in our country and you know, the the hip hop community because now we have Mac Miller, a similar cause to to Lil Peep and Fredo Santana. We've seen Rick Ross having seizures, Lil Wayne having similar repercussions from drinking lean. And these these things, it's not it's it's really real. You know, this isn't something you can just talk about and avoid. Like if you do this, you're gonna suffer the consequences. And we're really starting to see it in these young people who are dying. I mean, these people are gone from the earth who created amazing art. I remember back in the day, you know, I used to look up like Mac Miller type beat on YouTube and that meant a lot to me, you know, and I used to listen to his songs. He had had some great songs that came out this year. And so it's just, it's just absolutely horrendous seeing that. Do we have a fan phoning in TJ? 
Sorry, it's a bill collector. Oh my gosh. Okay. I just happened to turn around. He was on the phone. I said, what's happening? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know if it was important or something. But yeah, so altogether, I mean, Mac Miller was a type who heavily promoted weed in his music. Um, and later in his career, he started getting into the more psychedelic, experimental side of, of art and also of, obviously, his personal life. You know, he was seen doing drugs and videos in the studio, and his lyrics also reflect that in some ways. And that's nowhere near the level of glorification that rappers like Lil Pump and even rappers like XXX, rapper, a lot of the rappers in the mainstream, they, everybody talks about smoking weed, which is, you know, it, it is what it's going to be because people, that, that's, a, that's a huge part of the culture that I don't ever see changing because it's always been that way. And for some people, they're able to manage it. For others, it turns into these, these issues. Um, however, something I've noticed a whole lot more of is the prescription drug talk. Everybody from Chris Brown to, to Lil Pump to Ty Dolla Sign is talking about Molly, talking about Zans, and talking about doing hard drugs uh, for a high, casually, and actually glorifying it. And I, I guess one of the kind of messed up things about it that I see in myself is that I actually love a lot of these artists. And it's kind of hard to explain when I can't defend their lyricism, you know? Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Playboy Cardi and Nav and, and Lil Pump. I, I love these artists. You know, I've seen them all in concert and they've been some of the best concerts of my life. And it, it, it gets me to thinking, how does this impact other people who may actually hear this glorification and really apply it to their own life? You know, somebody who's younger, somebody like my little brother who may be more impressionable when they're in high school. You know, so I want to uh, see what you guys think about this. You know, modern rap lyrics, how the culture has changed. Even if you guys aren't super serious hip-hop listeners, what you've noticed just from overhearing it or hearing it on the radio. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did not know how most of the people you just said, but um, just in general with drugs, the use of drugs and, like, song lyrics, I think it's somewhat irresponsible of the artist in a sense that for so many people, they are like role models per se, even if that's like not the role that they decide they wanted to do. Like, yeah, it's not what they yeah. signed up for, but they inadvertently yeah. influence. Yeah, so when they are saying, they're, they're like setting the trends. Have you heard of the thing like rappers will set the trends and then people, black people will do it and then white people will like take it and make it their own or whatever? Have you <laughs> that, that? that yeah. sounds accurate. That's kind of like what's, I feel like what's happening, like they're doing it and they're making it seem cool. So then people are everywhere doing these drugs and it's not, it's like not okay, you know? Like I can yeah. go on my Snapchat right now and see people like, who's selling right now, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. it's HMU. You yeah, know. it's like, what, like, why is this a part, like why is this normalized in our society, the drugs or something that people do? Um, it's crazy. I mean, I have, I think weed is different in the sense that the effects, it's been heavily researched and studied. So I think that's a little different than like hardcore drugs. Yeah, you do. Recreationally or just the the use of the drug in general? Uh both. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it, yeah it's not it doesn't have as extreme of a physical effect yeah. like the physical addiction. Mm -hmm. Um though it certainly is a mental addiction. Oh yeah, for sure cuz like I know pe like people claim that to not be addicted to like weed, but they're addicted <laughs> to the high. They are. Yeah. yeah. I'm not addicted to YouTube, but I watch YouTube every day. Yeah, like you can say it about anything. Yeah. And it's just, and however, weed is just such a strong change of it, you're changing your mindset so much that it's a little different from How watching you know? TV every day, you know? And so it really it really is something that rap music will make you think is cool. You know, you'll go to a rap show and everybody around you is doing it. 
and you'll see like, oh, wow. And then, but then you go home and then how do you feel, you know? You have anything to add, Trenton? No. I didn't have anything to add. You don't have anything to say about drug abuse? Well, you know, I have no. an alternate perspective because at the same time as an artist myself, I think about this. Why are we treating musical artists differently from the way we may treat a visual artist who portrays something similar? Um, you know, por- portraying like really crude sex scenes or portraying, you know, really um, like really uh, edgy, like cutting edge visual art. You know, I, I, cause you know, sometimes you go to a museum or, or a local art gallery and, and you see stuff that's just like, whoa, and it takes you aback. And I, I see it more often portrayed with, with sex instead of drugs. And those two things are way different. So mm-hmm. I'm curious what y'all think. Cause that, that's kind of the alternate side of me thinks, well, these guys are artists. They're talking about something that either they live or that they want to talk about because that is their craft. And I don't want to censor them. However, I just do acknowledge that the culture is really detrimental. Well, I think the difference, I guess they're both art, but one is, one is literally dangerous for you. Like sex is a natural thing that people do. Oh yeah. I don't mean the, the sex thing. I mean like the, like the drugs in other mediums of art. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Or even shows like Breaking Bad. You know, other okay. other art mediums, we don't criticize them, but these rappers, we go towards a lot. When, you know, my mom all the time will say, nah, nah, the rap lyrics, and then yeah. she'll watch like Breaking Bad. You know what I mean? Not to be that guy, but I do think it's tied into race. Uh, Breaking Bad is a show about predominantly white characters who sell the cocaine. Yes, who sell cocaine. I think so. Or was it meth? Meth, cocaine, I don't know. I don't watch the show. I mean, yeah, I saw a few episodes. Yeah. Um, it was kind of cool. So <laughs> it's the idea that, oh, this is fun. It's a, it's a joke because it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a show, so it's, a, um, it's fiction. But then the rappers are telling about their real lives, and they're also black most of the time. Um, so I'd really, I do think it's tied. Even though it may not be overt. Like, the criticism I, is yeah, tied to race, you're yeah, saying? Yeah, like, even though it might not yeah. be like, it's wrong because she's black. It, it's no. It's just. It's just what yeah. people in general in our society think of when they. They're yeah. like, oh, you know what I mean. The, the, the first things they want to go at. Yeah. The first thing that people want to go after. Because there are a lot of um, even in like just pop music in general. There's a lot of references to drug use. And yeah. It may not be as direct as like in rap. <laughs> yeah. But you don't hear those artists getting critiqued. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And, and and I also find that certain artists, almost the more radio-friendly artists, don't get critiqued. Travis Scott doesn't seem to get critiqued for that. I hear Travis Scott being applauded by so many people for his for his artistic abilities. You know, he's performing on awards shows. And of course, a big part of that is because of his sales and popularity. However, an artist with the popularity of his scope, I don't hear a lot of conversation about his drug use. Um, but you hear it all the time about more underground rappers talking about the same thing, uh, rappers that are more embedded in the culture, not as popular, you know? Yeah. What do you think, TJ? Have, do, you, do you ever hear songs on the radio and you turn it off because of the lyrics, or are you just like, it is what it is? Mm, I don't know. Because I can't lie, I turn it up, you know what I mean? I can't lie, like, I... I was just listening to Nav in my car this morning, and he all he talks about is doing drugs. That's like his signature thing. But for some reason, I just love it. You know, I mm-hmm. I love the sonic quality of it. I love the production aspect. I love his voice and the stuff that he says. It's almost funny sometimes the way like the 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 way that he says these things that he says. It's it's kind of 
you know, I, I just think it goes both ways. I hate to see these rappers passing away. I think they got to clean up their act. However, I think a lot of rappers feel like it's it's corny to talk about, you know, things more like society. I mean, that's why so many people clown on J. Cole and people clown on conscious rappers like Logic, you know, yeah. people people clown on them. And, I, and I'm guilty of that from time to time because they just go and rap super fast and talk about society. And, oh, I'm just, yeah. and, 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 and it's good, but the culture detests that kind of music, even though that's where it all started. It makes me, this is not, this is going, I was thinking about something when you were talking. That's okay. But it makes me wonder who it is to blame in situations where someone picks up a drug habit because of this music, like they were influenced by the music they were listening to. Mm. Is that, is it on the shoulders? Is the burden we on the shoulders? We just moaned in unison. Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is the burden on the shoulders of the artist or is it whoever raised that child's fault? Uh, but then some situations they have no one who's raising them. But because like for me, I can listen to any kind of music and not feel the urge to do what is like what they're doing in the songs just because my parents have had established that, um, I guess, like moral compass, maybe. Yeah, I don't point the finger at the artists or the parents. Um, I think I think it's equally shared. You know what yeah. I mean? or not even equally shared, but I'd say that it's shared amongst a lot of different parties. I think it's shared amongst their high school class. I think it's shared amongst their personal personality, however they are as a person, uh, the way that they interpret things. You know, I, Me and my little brother were raised by the same two people, but we're a hell of a lot different mm-hmm. in our personalities. So I don't think it'd be fair to go with the artist or the parents, but Honestly, the artist is is one of the last people who I deem responsible. I would never tell an artist you're responsible for their death. You know, I I think it's me there. Honestly, I'm just being transparent. I think at the end of the day, the individual that chooses to do this, they have a choice, and not, not to say that they aren't influenced by yeah, their they're, family, they're influences um, or the artist. But at the at the end of the day, they have the choice. I mean, if that's a choice that you make, that's the choice that you make, and you have to accept the. Um, responsibility and repercussions that come behind it. However, um, that's going without saying that, you know, you do have genetic, there are genetic factors, there are the cultural and societal factors that come with addiction and drug use and et cetera. So that's my two cents. I like that. you're speaking. Yeah. TJ was just kind of chilling for a while. Yeah. That's okay. I didn't know what to say. Sorry, guys. (laughs) That's all right. I'll be more on it. (laughs) I'm glad we could cover this topic and we should probably plug some some hotlines and websites that are informational in the description of this podcast. That way, if y'all ever need to reach out to a hotline for addiction, suicide prevention, anything like that, you know, we're this podcast is obviously um, here to influence y'all to do to be your best selves and to be the best you can be and to get help when you need it because it's totally cool to get help. And you know, speaking on those mental things, I know Mikey, you wanted to bring up something this week um, that you were thinking about. I don't know if it was a personal experience for you, but um, yeah. tell us about that. So it is the everyone hates me like complex uh, associated with like anxiety and stuff like that. So let's see, was it was it last week? Maybe I I just really felt like everyone hate. I don't. It's just like it's gonna sound like I'm like. That's okay. Just just say what happened. Cause He's I, vulnerable. Hell vulnerable. No, but like it's gonna sound like stupid if I say. Anyway, I just felt like everyone hated me. Like not to be like dramatic or anything. Like I truly felt like um, everyone around me like uh, oh everyone around me like hated me like literally, 
and I had just like left a group of people and then I walked away and I was in my room and I was like, oh my, like they literally, like, it was beyond more of like, it was like just in my head saying like, oh, they, they hate me. It was like, I truly felt like, like they left and then like started talking about me kind of thing. Oh, like some kind of paranoia. Yeah, of, it was like paranoia. Of yeah. what happens when you walk away. I've felt that before. It's just one of those things where if you start thinking about it, it's just going down a yeah. bad slope, you know, you just... It's, it, sometimes it pops into your head and you just got to have the rationale. You know, you have to be able to try to channel the, the rational side of your brain instead of the anxious side of your brain and, and to try to persuade yourself. And that's why it's good to talk about it because sometimes you can't do that on your own. I know I hardly ever can. I just want to be known that um, therapist Anthony has officially joined the group. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not a fan. Oh dang! That's so funny. Well, what does therapist TJ have to say? Um, Ugh, please no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, this is what we're not gonna do. Um, but no, like I, I deal with that a lot. I have a lot of anxiety, um, social anxiety, especially when it comes to people. Um, and I ask myself all the time. Uh, do you hate me? Like, not myself, but I ask other people all the time, yeah. do you hate me? Like, you, if <laughs> I, I look in the mirror and I say, do you do hate, you hate me? me? No, other people, like, yes. I literally sometimes just text or Snapchat people, like, um, just making sure that you don't hate me. And if you do, just let me know. But um, yeah. I think for me, it's more of, do you, like, love me? Like, I've always felt like I've had to work for other people's um, validation uh. and worth. I'm sorry, what? Wow. I, I like that. I didn't mean to. This was like chilly. Okay, I'm not finishing what I'm <laughs> Chilly. Saying. I had chilly at my friend's house tonight. Oh, that's fine. I forgot what I was talking about. I'm yeah, me too. But that reminds me of complexes in general, though, because there's something I've been thinking about lately is, is the victim complex. Yeah. You know, a person, I'll, I'll speak for myself and, and, you know, see how this applies to other potential situations, but sometimes... I think because of the fact that my upbringing was pretty smooth, I sometimes look for reasons to, to be down on myself. That way I can struggle like everyone else. And yeah. I, I, it's almost like a, a privileged guilt. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a privileged guilt. And then once something actually happens that makes you upset, you're like, fuck, I have no idea how to handle this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like my, my parents got divorced when I was a senior in high school and I never saw it coming. And the way it was carried out was also just not the the mo not not the optimal way. I think it was handled better than a lot of divorces because my parents are on speaking terms. They're they're very friendly to each other. They're still friends, I guess you could say. Although there's a whole lot more to it that was really weighing me down in this situation, which kind of relates to before. You know, I went I got really depressed and, and made decisions that I should not have been making. Um, however, you know. I, I think developing that complex already beforehand, already back in middle school, when I was thinking to myself, you know. Other people struggle. I, I, you, you watch American Idol and you see people with sob stories are the ones who are the people who get a whole feature about them and they get accepted to Hollywood. You see it on TV shows where if there's like a sad story that, you know, everything drops and there's the sad music playing and they, they give them all this attention. And I think to a young person growing up watching that, especially a person who hadn't had any significant traumatizing event in their life or any kind of struggle that would be significant enough to 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 not feel this way, you know, getting into that mindset can be really bad. And, and, and it makes me think about what are these complexes? Like, why do we, why do we feel the way that we do in this, um, habitual way? Yeah, I definitely relate with that. Um, I think you said the privilege guilt. Yeah. Um, me being a, a black man, 
I feel like I have a lot of privilege guilt in the aspect that there are a lot of stories I hear about students who I, who go to school here who had a different experience in life than I did, just because I was I grew up in a or and I'm more privileged situation than some. Yeah. Um, living in a predominantly white area with, well, can you cut that? I didn't like that. Predominantly white area. Yeah, I, I, that's not the reference, like the connection I wanted to make. It was. Uh. I feel like that is it the socioeconomic? That is, yeah, that, that yeah, that equated yeah. white with money. Yeah, I didn't like that. I mean, the unfortunate statistics is that okay, we're cutting the section, so I'm not sure. Right I know. <laughs> I just want to talk. I just want to talk to you about it anyway. Um, I'm cutting it. Okay, anyway, what was I saying? It just sucks that that's how it often is, even yeah. though you did it by accident. Yeah. It's like something in something that you have experienced in life has made you say that yeah. that you're that you subconsciously equated that when yeah. you said it, and I and that sucks. Yeah, I'm gonna retard this section. All right. I definitely related with that, Anthony, um, because especially for me, I feel like I have had this privileged guilt as well in the aspect that I grew up in a privileged area and I had different experiences than other people of color. And I feel like I hear these stories, these horror stories of things that people have gone through. And like, for the most part, my life was pretty well. Like I just, I, I have experienced some forms of racism and, um, some forms of feeling like the outsider, but it's it will never be the same as someone else. And I feel like a lot of people discredit me because of that, if that makes sense. Really? Um, like, I could see that. There are certain situations that I don't feel as comfortable in because I can't contribute to the conversation or things that have happened in my past are not the same as theirs, so we don't have the same views on certain things mm. um some people have built up almost a hatred for people who aren't like them and for me i've only been surrounded by people who aren't like me so i don't have that same feeling yeah um, definitely um with race i wouldn't say hate maybe the word but distrust yeah distrust of people of different races um, that makes sense i just don't have that innate um sense of distrust with people who are the same race as me. So um, you feel bad for that? Yeah, sometimes? I I don't know if I feel bad for that or if I feel bad because I feel like I should feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. That that's what I'm getting at yeah. is like because you didn't go through this thing because you didn't have an emotional struggle, uh, yeah. a, a a money struggle, anything like that, you end up you end up actually for me at least but tell me if you do this like you end up acting even more privileged because you make a big deal out of nothing yeah. you yeah. turn you turn your privileged life into one that has these problems that you don't need yeah. to make problems yeah. out of the other thing is uh so that was like the black me okay, <laughs> okay. and on the gay <laughs> side i don't have the same situations as a lot of gay people so i feel like i don't belong coming out it was not an issue at all my parents were very accepting and there was just no there was no drama to it i guess so everything was super fortunate yeah everything, on, on yeah. both of those sides yeah. that so typically just, aren't as fortunate yeah so like when conversations start where people are like saying sharing their coming out stories and they're all like negative i don't want to be that guy who says oh it was fine like, yeah it's just weird yeah because then yeah. you feel you feel uncomfortable because of that yeah i've i always felt uncomfortable back in high school 
um, the school district in the town that I came from was was definitely an upper middle class neighborhood. And although I, I feel like I was on the, the bottom of that whole spectrum, mm-hmm. like, you know, my friends were driving Audis and BMWs and I had a beat up old Honda, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. My house was a lot smaller than the others. I'm still in a position where I go one town over and I say the town that I come from and they give me a crooked eye. Yeah. You know, I still am in the position where I meet somebody at a concert and I tell them what high school I go to. They go, uh. And because I'm like, I know yeah. I, I come from there and it does suck just as much as you're saying it does. Yeah. And then you start to feel like, oh, I wish I was in their position. Yeah. But don't they wish they were in yeah, my they, position? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I really, yeah, 100%. Can I go now? I'm coming up. Awesome. I was going to say, I definitely agree because um, for me personally, I've never felt like I, I can really fit in with a group of people just because when I'm around a bunch of black people... Um, it's, there's a tendency to call me an Oreo or to call, say I'm not really black because I went to a predominantly white school um, or because I talk like a white person, um, whatever that means. Uh, but I've never felt like I could really relate and sink in with like a bunch of black people. But at the same time, when I'm with, with my white friends, I really don't feel connected with them as well because I have all of these experiences that they can't understand as well. Mm. So it's just like a as hard... a black man. Yeah, as a yeah. black guy, um, which I fully embrace my blackness and um, where I come from and everything behind that. But it's just like always living a life of ambivalence of not really knowing exactly where I can go to because I'm either not black enough or too black. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, I definitely relate with that. I understand. You know, obviously I'm not coming from the same place, but the way you describe it, it sounds, it sounds completely clear what you're saying. And that's really unfortunate that that's the way it is. You know, I, I, I I wish that we could all just be, just be people hanging out. I mean, that's how it feels like when I'm with y'all and (laughs) y'all have informed me that I am not the, the white, as white of a character as I think I am. No. (laughs) I guess I've, I grew up always thinking I'm just a, a white kid and people don't see me that way. People see me as like some, some very ethnic yeah. Either like Latino or like Mediterranean. I'm, I'm Italian, yeah. so I you am Mediterranean. I look yeah, Middle I Eastern. Middle Eastern too. It's so crazy. Like and then middle, that's the how people. Eastern that's how people. You know, judge you. You know, I'm yeah. saying that with air quotes because that's how people judge. You. I mean, they do. We we judge everybody based on how they look, and that's how they judge me. I'm like, whoa, that's what how you guys that? judge me. Like that kind of explains a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got a little cold chill, guy. Okay? I'm sorry. I literally shook. I thought he was having a seizure. Oh, yeah. And I was cold when I came in. And that's not why I got a cold show. I'm just, oh. It just happens, you know? Oh, something happened. It, TJ, do you have a, a nugget for us? Or do, do we want to talk about how we use your nugget of wellness this week? Yeah, is that what we're transitioning to? No, yeah, I'm fine. Okay, guys. How was your... Like, tell me what was a nugget of wellness last week and how y'all used it. Okay, the nugget of wellness was giving grace to others. And to yourself. And to yourself. And to myself. Um, I didn't feel as if anyone deserved it this week. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, I was really angry this week, and I felt like I was really mean to people, but I also didn't feel like anyone deserved the grace, not even myself. So. I thought the whole point of it was that you give grace to everybody. like. And I will give grace where grace is due. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Okay. I agree. And if no one okay. deserved it, no one deserved it. I guess if the therapist agrees, I can't argue <laughs> with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Tee hee hee. Jeez. I, I try to practice grace this week. I try to practice it on other people and myself. I found that it was easier for other people to extend it to other people, you know? 
Yeah. I found that was a little bit harder to to sit down and you know tell myself things are okay when I feel so guilty. I have I have, I think I have a Catholic guilt complex, which we should cover oh, yeah. sometime. <laughs> You're Catholic? <laughs> yeah, I was raised Catholic. Angel. Now I'm just kind of wherever the wind blows me, whatever church I walk into, I, I I enjoy it. Sometimes I go to the Catholic church, but other times I go to the non-denominational. I actually go to non-denominational a lot more. But anyway, um, you know, I get so guilty, and I found that it was a lot harder to 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 um, to apply it to myself than it was to apply it to other. With other people, I'm like, all right, deep breath and just let it go, and it was like, you know, it, it went away. But for me, it was a little hard. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys used it. What did you do? I, I guess yeah, you told us, I guess you told us last week, and that's where it came from, right? Yeah. I honestly, guys, I wish I had a nugget of wellness this week, but it's been so. There's no nugget. Crazy. I have. I do. I will tell you about my experience this week. So. That's not a nugget. It's not a nugget. It's just what we should have talked about when we started the show. Can I, Can I finish my thought, please? Only if you present a nugget. Either, can I, can either I? present a nugget. <laughs> He's present bad. a nugget or moving on. Are y'all done yet? We're, present a <laughs> nugget. Are you gonna sit here and attack present a nugget? Present a nugget. Yeah. Or present moving, a nugget. We're moving to the next section. Okay, well we can move to the next section. Oh, so you're not presenting? You're not presenting? Oh, anything. I was gonna give one, and our listeners are gonna about suffer. My week. So I had a really rough week, and honestly, it came from a lot of different things: friends, schoolwork, everything piling up in my personal life, and with work and um, all my other responsibilities. Um, I think I have a lot of them and too much of them. And so, guys, when I tell you I was about to throw in the towel, I got out my withdrawal sheet. I was ready to go. Oh, yeah. You called me, and then you said you were going to leave Belmont. I was okay. like, what the hell? I don't know why he really put all my business out there on air, but he did. Anyway. Isn't that what the withdrawal sheet means? Yes. So they, hey. they already knew. Us Hush. Anyway. So I was being really uh, irrational at the moment, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna withdraw, go back home, and like be like, hey, parents, and like actually never come back to school, and then <laughs> quit. <laughs> they just be life. like, hey guys. So like when you're going back, and be like, haha, see what ha- happened was, um, but so that happened, and I was just kind of like down because I was like, um, really questioning whether I'm where I'm supposed to be, um, and whether I am surrounding myself with the people that I should. And, um, I mean, I feel like that's a that's an issue for, like, most college students, I guess. Do you guys agree? Questioning your surroundings and yeah. your, your decisions you're making? The, yeah, the decisions that you're making and who you're really surrounding yourself with. Yeah, that's important, so, especially in college when everything is going so fast. It's yeah. Like, and it so comes up on you. I was just at a very low moment, and then I was just like, okay, I'm kind of sick of being down because I'm usually like a – I'm usually an upbeat, kind of happy, positive person. And so um, I, I think it was Wednesday morning. I asked, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, send me a sign. Tell me something. Show me the way, um, whether I need to go back home or stay here at school. Um, and so, of course, the day got worse before it got better. Um, and it just felt like a bunch of weights were just put on my shoulders. Um, so I went into work and one of my friends is sick and, uh, his dad came up to the school to kind of help out and see what he could do for his academic career. And their family has been through a lot, um, a lot more than I can even imagine going through. And so, um, he was talking to the professors and the dean of the school while I was in the office and, um, 
they were having a really emotional conversation and out of nowhere he goes, you listen to me. Um, he said, no offense to you guys, but um, you guys, he was referring to the professors and the dean who are white and he said, I feel like the white, or I feel like the black students at the school need to hear it from a black men and black women. But he looked at me and he said, um, you are where you're supposed to be. He said, do not doubt for a second the path God has written for you. He said, you are where you're supposed to be. Stay focused. And um, I think it was just a sign from God. And I was able to talk to him for a little bit. Um, kind of a, from his experiences, he told me how he was going down a rough path too and um, has been through a lot even in the past few years. And um, that if he can do it, then I can too. Um, and that I, he assured me that I am where I'm supposed to be and that it might not be easy, but I mean, um, no, great things are easy all the time. That's very so, true. Um, and we're blessed to be on this campus. So I think that kind of turned my week around a little bit. I mean, it still has been hard, but I think I got, and we talked a little bit more and I talked to some friends later, but um, I think I just got the confirmation that I am where I need to be. And so... That's great. Um, I guess... Um, so the next morning, after that all happened, I woke up... Because when you're going through a lot, you just, like... You forget to be grateful. Yeah. And so... You're so right. Looking so at... Even if you're just right. super busy. So right. You're so right, so TJ. Is that even how I talk? You're so, you're so right, TJ. You're so right, <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so I woke up the next morning and I said, the first thing I'm going to say, instead of like looking at my phone and indulging in all the craziness of the world, I'm going to say, I'm grateful. And just think about the things that I'm grateful for. I'm still here. I have everything that I need. And so I have enough to keep going and put one foot in front of the other. And I know that it will be okay. So that is the disorganized wellness of the week, guys. And you can take it from there. I'm speechless. I have no words. Why don't you have any words? The way you just spoke to Anthony. I'm shaking right now. Why are you shaking? <gasps> Stop, Stop doing it. <laughs> doing what? What is wrong? I, look, I can't look at TJ when we record. He just no, scares me. That was too much. I, I've never seen that before. I don't know who she was. <laughs> who was that? I don't know. It wasn't TJ. It wasn't. Let's just move on to the next thing. I think we should. I think that's a great idea. That was Javon. Stop, TJ. Javon is out today. Oh, my God. Why are we just sitting here? Because I want you to put Javon away. This is Trenton. Trenton's out right now. TJ went to bed. I miss TJ. Okay. Anyway. Snake of the week. First, we describe what a snake is. Snakes are distrustful. They hide in your lawn, cut your grass low. Um, snake of the week. Snake of the week. Honestly, I'm a snake because I am like I'm sick of this too from other people. But I'm the type of person that will will see people that I know. Like, oh my god, hey, how are you? I'm like, oh my god, I'm good. Like, oh my gosh, let's hang out. Like, let's go get coffee. Like, I love you so much. Like, we're so good friends, and like, we never really hang out. I'm guilty of it too, but I'm just kind of like tired of it because, I mean, like, that's not what real friends do, and like. You're not Damn. only wasting your time, but my time as well. So, okay. and my time is precious. So don't waste it. Okay. 
Um, thank you for that, actually. You're welcome. Any other regards or remarks? No. I do that, too. I, I make way too many commitments to hanging out this weekend, which then becomes, like, never. Um, hey, guys, if you're listening to this, we just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you. It really does mean a lot. Thanks um, so much. Thank you for your words, your likes. It, it truly does mean a lot. Um, but we need your help. Um, if you guys want to give us topics to talk about, um, just message us on Instagram or if you know us personally, just text us. And we will be happy to talk about whatever you guys want. If you guys want to nominate a snake of the week, if you have a funny story that you want <laughs> to talk about, we'll do that. Send and if, the snakes in. And if you or someone you know is a small business owner who's a college student or an artist, uh, please reach out to us so we can feature you guys. Um, we want to promote people as much as we can. Um, so, yeah. If Song you guys, of the week is... Wait, no, I'm not done yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> so just remember to subscribe to us on whatever listening platform you use and to rate us and leave us comments. Um, just just knowing, know what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. You guys are honestly amazing, and we love you. We love you. TJ's like, yeah, I don't really love you. Okay. So, uh, I love you guys so much. Y'all are awesome. I really appreciate it. Was that good? so forced. Was that good? Okay. Um, so this week, our song of the week is brought to you by Issa. Issa Fernandez. But I think her stage name is just Issa. So that's why I said yeah. Issa. Y-S-A. Look her up. Check her out. Please do enjoy the song. She's great. Well, actually, she kind of wanted us to say a little bit more about her. Oh. Yeah. So our artist Stop of the week. Stop it, TJ. Is Please Issa. Give me looks and all this stuff. Are you done yet? So our artist of the week is Issa, and she wants us to plug her plug her website, Issa Official. It's YSAOfficialMusic.com. Um, she's a fun alternative rock with a little bit of R&B influence, I want to say, um, artist. Um, she's into songwriting at Belmont. She's such a sweet girl. Um, and so I'm really excited to let you guys hear some of her music. Um, follow her on Insta at Swade Couch. We'll tag her in a post. Sweet yeah. Couch. We'll tag we'll her. We'll tag her in the post to follow her. Um, like all of our artists, I feel like we have all listened to more than just the song that we're playing. But yeah. I really do love Issa's She is a good artist. She really is. You cold, cold, cold.
Bye. Yay. Thank you for listening to our ASMR podcast. <laughs>